Welcome to the In the Oil Patch radio show, broadcasting from the SR Trident studio. SR Trident, where safety is a culture, not just a word. In the Oil Patch radio show with Kimball Auto is where you will hear the latest in the oil, gas, and energy industry from a wide variety of industry experts, elected officials, and more, right here on In the Oil Patch radio show. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. I'd like to tell you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. The cover story is Heidi Gill, the CEO of Urban Solutions. What an amazing company, and she's doing amazing things, her and her company in Colorado. Be sure to visit shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com to read all about Heidi and Urban Solutions. I'd also like to tell you about a new date set for our State of Energy with Shell Magazine 2022 that is coming to the Houston Club downtown on April 21st, starting at 11.30 a.m. The keynote speaker will be the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Wayne Christian, as well as featured moderator, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Sean Strawbridge. The panelists will include Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Phil Anderson, Senior Vice President of Liquid Pipeline for Enbridge, and Bruce Fullenwider, the Vice President of Argus Media. For tickets on State of Energy Luncheon in Houston on April 21st, please see, please go to shellmagticketleap.com backslash state of energy. That's shellmag.ticketleap.com dot com backslash state of energy and we will see you there and now it's time for me to welcome on my co-host and editor of shell magazine david blackman david welcome to the show hey it's another beautiful day in the oil patch it sure is every day is a, a beautiful day in the oil patch <laughs> um because that means another day we live and survive uh, you know let's talk about the importance of oil prices dropping during the week uh, the market responded to new COVID restrictions in isolated parts of China. What are the factors impacting the oil markets and where do you think that we go from here? Yeah, well, you know, of course, the, the war in Ukraine uh, has been the biggest uh, immediate impact. But, you, you know, what happened, I think, this past week has been we kind of lost the, the, the markets, gave up the premium that they had put on oil prices because of the war in Ukraine. It's like you know, they, they, we added $20, $25 a barrel to the price of oil because of the war and the sanctions that came about because of because of what's happening there. And uh, this past week, uh, they did respond, obviously, to the COVID restrictions in China. But, but then, you know, it, it became clear that, that those restrictions are really pretty limited. They're only impacting 51 million uh, people in China, which has what a population of 1.4 billion. Mm. So it's not like they, they've shut the whole country down. And I think uh, the markets really kind of dramatically over responded to that. And then, you know, they were also kind of responding to uh, a, a new uh, report from the IEA that, that showed a, a kind of small build in, in domestic inventories of crude oil. But at the same time, that that report showed a a big draw on on refined products inventory. So it was really kind of a wash. So I I just think what we've seen here is is a lot of reassessing of the market by investors. But but the real fundamentals of the market haven't changed. The market is still undersupplied, and it's pretty significantly undersupplied. And And that means upward pressure on prices. And, And so prices... I think once everybody takes a deep breath, we're going to start going up again. And David, a lot of that you said um, 
uh, shortage and supply issues in the energy sector, oil and gas specifically. They're kind of self-inflicted by this administration, the Biden administration. Once again yes. this week, he called for the Green New Deal spending proposal that would end up giving everyone $500 of a break on their energy <laughs> cost. But looking at gas prices and what's being posted on my social media platform and on shells right. and in the oil patch is, you know, some people are spending, uh, you know, Two hundred dollars to fill up their car, their trucks. A hundred dollars to fill up their car when they were used yeah. to a twenty-five, thirty dollars. This it's absurd that that this would help anybody. And I guess the question though is, this is self-inflicted, but it's also intentional. This administration is definitely has a war on oil and gas. And I know that mm-hmm. we are in an energy transition, and the oil and gas industry is is stepping up and to meet those needs. But Give our listeners a real understanding of why this administration is so gun ho Joe on renewables that have shown they're not so renewable, they're not so reliable at this moment. Right. No, they're not. And and yes, you're right. I mean, the high gas prices uh, are a fundamental part of the Green New Deal. That, that's the intention. That's the plan to to create shortages of oil so the price goes high with the thought process being that that would make renewables and electric vehicles more competitive in the markets. And so the Green New Deal just kind of comes about. But but what's actually happened is the prices of all forms of energy have gone up, which is exactly what I and, and you and many others have predicted would happen. And so, for example, the price of an electric vehicle today in America, the average price is $10,000 higher than it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which most average for, Americans couldn't afford an EV anyway. Well, right. It's $55,000. That's the average price for an electric vehicle in America, as opposed to about 42000 for a gasoline-powered car. And so, you know, they were going to make that up with this massive subsidy, new subsidy, and the, and the Build Back Better bill. That bill didn't pass. And so, and so now there's just this big gap. And and that bill's not going to pass, and and, and it's just you know it it's messed up the whole economics for Ford and General Motors, which had you know made these enormous investments on electric vehicles based on that subsidy, that new subsidy, twelve thousand five hundred dollars per car, and so now with the subsidy not existing, I, I just it's hard to see EVs growing that much in the United States. Uh, and, but, the, but again, that's all part of the plan. But as with every plan, uh, it falls completely apart once the first sh- shot is fired, you know, once the battle is enjoined. And, and, and we have lithium shortages. We have cobalt shortages, all these critical minerals. Right. That, that are, no one talks about, that Congress doesn't right. talk about and Biden doesn't talk about, that we need right. them to build these vehicles. So. Uh, it's not working the way they planned. That's, that's no, it's message. not. But, you know, I'll tell you what is working uh, is the poor indigent people that typically tend to vote Democratic or for the Democrat Party, it's it's definitely having a horrible impact on them. And that is what oh, is really yeah. sad. And, I, and I, so I want to switch gears and talk about several Democrat senators and congressmen introduced a new tax last week to punish big oil um, for the alleged windfall profits that they are having because there's higher prices at the same time, Secretary Granholm, who was at Sarah Week, was urging the industry to make major new investments needed to produce more oil. Who is leading this ship and who's making <laughs> these decisions? Who's, who's calculating their math equations? Who's doing all of these policy changes when, when they don't realize that 
Well, you tell me. I mean, I, I know. I want you to tell the listeners, what's the problem here? <laughs> well, it's just, you know, they can't get on the same page. The administration's on one page and, and the Democrats in Congress. Uh, Sheldon Whitehouse, senator from Rhode Island, was the main sponsor of that bill. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, all the usual suspects in the Senate. Uh, and, you know, a bunch of radical left-wing uh, members of the House are sponsors of that bill. And, you know, I mean, you think about what Secretary Granholm wants, you know, higher oil production that requires billions of new investments. Well, get out of the way and, and produce, right. and get so, the regulations yeah. out of the way and you'll see it's it. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I, you know, it doesn't make any sense at all. But, uh, uh, you know, that's uh, it's that's kind of typical for the whole energy policy of this administration. It doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense at all. And this windfall profits that they're saying big oil and gas are making, how much money does Congress give renewables and other energy sources? Which, again, I'm not knocking them, but we're not playing on the same plane level field. If you're going to give money, subsidies to solar and wind because they're not profitable, but then you regulate the heck out of oil and gas, making them – making it higher at the pump, but you're telling the American people we have a windfall profits. None of this makes sense. They get no money, oil and gas, from subsidies, yet the renewables do. Tell me well, about There were that. $550 billion in subsidies for renewables and electric vehicles in the Build Back Better bill. That was on top of the $300 billion that was in the infrastructure bill. So it's on, you know, they didn't pass Build Back Better, but they did get $300 billion in the infrastructure bill. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a direct subsidy. It's a direct government transfer payment I just, to, to those industries. Right. And I think for me personally, I, I'm okay with all – you and I both know we talk about this a lot, that the demand for energy globally is on demand. It's not It's not going to yeah. go down. And, no, and it's all research going reflects we don't even have enough to support that. So, yes, we need all of it, correct? We need every we form do. of we energy. We need more of everything, and we're going to need as much of everything as we can produce because demand is going to continue to rise. But I don't think that villainizing one industry that is needed because you can't even have renewables unless you actually have oil and gas because they're a byproduct. This is how they're made. It's it's a it's a very strange day that we're living in where where the truth is not explained to the American people in a way that they really understand. You need oil and gas to get there. We need these things to get there. And uh, without yeah. it, you know... Well, David, that is all the time that we have for this segment. But you're listening to in the All Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. SR Trident is a proud sponsor of State of Energy 2022 is coming to the Houston Club in downtown Houston on Thursday, April 21st, starting at 1130 a.m. The keynote speaker will be the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Wayne Christian, and will feature moderator Sean Strawbridge, CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, along with panelists Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Phil Anderson, Senior VP of Liquid Pipelines Enbridge, and Bruce Fullen, Vice President of Argus Media. For tickets for the State of Energy Luncheon in Houston on April 21st, go to shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash state of energy. That's shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash state of energy. Sponsored in part by SR Trident. Psst. Hey, you. 
Do you want to join the fastest growing oil and gas network in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business. So you've got my attention. What is it? TEAK is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free. No charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash TEAK and click on the join link. Enter your information and we'll get you set up. Join the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition at shalemag.com slash teak today. SR Trident is a proud sponsor of State of Energy 2022 is coming to the Houston Club in downtown Houston on Thursday, April 21st, starting at 1130 a.m. The keynote speaker will be the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Wayne Christian, and will feature moderator Sean Strawbridge, CEO of the Porta Corpus Christi, along with panelists Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Phil Anderson, Senior VP of Liquid Pipelines Enbridge and Bruce Fullen, Vice President of Argus Media. For tickets for the State of Energy Luncheon in Houston on April 21st, go to shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash state of energy. That's shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash state of energy. Sponsored in part by SR Trident. Welcome to In the Wolfpatch Radio Show. We are here at Sarah Week SMP Global. My guest is Andrew Bruce, founder and CEO of Data Gumble, a, an industrial smart contract company. Andrew, welcome to In the Wolfpatch Radio Show. Thank you much. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Andrew, I want to start with tell me a little bit. Uh, you, you seem to have a lot of awards under your belt, and so I want to cover those. But first, tell us a little bit about Data Gumbo. Uh, what does it basically do? What is an industrial smart contract company? And how did you, you're the founder and CEO of it, so how did you come about starting this company? So a smart contract network is a network, a blockchain network that has uh, pre-built uh, smart contracts that run on it that uh, customers can subscribe to. So customers subscribe to the network like you would subscribe to a, a cell phone network. Okay. And then they have different contracts they can subscribe to for um, automating execution of commercial contracts between them. So you know, big oil and gas companies and service companies and people like that. So the reason that that's important is, and the way we got into it, is that I was talking to a large oil and gas company about uh, benchmarking performance of some of their rigs in the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. And uh, they said that if they could save one minute on the drilling KPI, they could save $250 million a year. Achieving for a large, large oil company is a significant amount of money. Right. And I just came from a couple of companies who specialized in drill pipe connection times, it's a drill pipe connection times. Um, so why on earth were they not doing it? Um, because I know you can save a minute. And the answer was they can't get the vendors to work with them, the drilling contractors. So I asked permission, I wanted to talk to the drilling contractors and said, hey, why aren't you doing this? Because this company's prepared to split this 250 million with you 50-50. And the answer this gave is, we don't trust that we will ever be paid the bonus portion of the contract. What's gonna happen is they're gonna use the negotiation of a, a bonus a performance contract to get our day rate down, but they will always find a reason not to pay the bonus. So why would we do that? We're just negotiating a discount. So, Makes sense. So I had a friend working for Microsoft. He'd asked me about 
Bitcoin and blockchain and all that kind of stuff. And I told them it was a bunch of rubbish. Um, got no applicability to applicability at all for the uh, industrial space. But I started thinking about it, and a smart contract is just an algorithm. It says, you know, if this performance has been met, then pay a bonus, and if it hasn't incurred, incur a penalty. Store the results in a blockchain. Read the, the data off the off the industrial um, platform, and you can automate the transaction. So that's how we got into it. Your company, Data Gumbo, is actually kind of the third-party overseer and making sure that everybody is kind of up on on the we, data and reporting, and and then the drillers get paid. Yes, we provide so, the platform that the uh, the com other companies can execute their contracts on. That yeah, that's smart. Why didn't I think of that, Andrew? <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your background, per se. You've got a lot of awards here. Um, Forbes 2020 Energy Award, 2021's ADIPEC Awards, um, Ernest & Young Entrepreneur of the Year for the Gulf Coast area. Seems like you guys are on the move, you're growing, but you also have some background in, in the energy sector, so let's go over that as well. Came to the States to get a degree in computer science. I accidentally, or Got a job with the uh, drilling equipment. Okay. It's a long story. It's funny how that fall, you fall into something like that. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the long story if you want, but I'll, I won't bore you with it. Um, got into, yeah, the drilling equipment business. Was responsible for building a autonomous drilling control system okay. using some uh, algorithms from Draper Labs up in Boston and needed a bunch of data. so. Um, but we couldn't get the data because it belonged to lots of different companies who don't like each other very much. And don't uh, trust each other very much. Don't trust each other very much at all. Right. Um, so Data Gumbo was formed to solve that problem, is how do you get data from multiple different sources, aggregate it, standardize it, clean it up, and make it available to do interesting stuff with it. That's why we call Data Gumbo, because you get a bunch of data, put it in a pot, stir it up, make it taste good, you get Data Gumbo. I love it, I love it. Okay, Andrew, let's talk a little bit about blockchain because it, the industry for sure is, is in great transition uh, in, in many, to me, wonderful ways. You've got, you know, energy evolution, you've got energy transition, depending on what you, but it's also just so many things are happening so fast, especially in the area of IA, blockchain, there's all kinds of buzzwords going around and also ESGs occurring at the same time that operators are having to utilize this, they're having to track data, you're hearing net zero, you're hearing carbon capture. There's a lot occurring in this space, kind of overwhelming. You just have to focus on, if you're an operator or something, some area where you're making that transition. But tell me, why should industrial companies use blockchain-powered smart contracts? Well, there's a massive opportunity to save about 10% of the supply chain costs for any company. Uh, so most importantly, efficiency and efficiency. saving money, yeah. okay? And which also, is the name of the game right now. And also new business models. So being able to transition into paying for performance rather than just paying you know, for delivery, which has got all kinds of performance opportunities for companies to differentiate themselves, but also just to save money. Um, there's, a, there's a huge, there's a huge, I mean, the, the reason there exists an opportunity for Data Gumbo is it's kind of the intersection of IoT data, cloud computing, and blockchain. Because if you can use a blockchain to use the IoT sensors that are in the field. You can then um, use a blockchain just to um, capture the, the confirmation of the terms. And there's huge amounts of money that's just been left on the floor. 
I mean, for one drilling KPI, you got $250 million. Imagine what that's like for the operation for a whole company. Right. So, so there's so many companies that are walking away from money and they're not utilizing data. Go. I want to get back on it. We have to take a quick break. You're yep. listening to you on the Wolfpatch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Join Roseland Oil and Gas Marketing and Consulting for a couple of great events coming up. On March 21st is the West Texas Clay Shootout at the Midland Shooters Association. Registration starts at 7.30 a.m. with the shooting to begin at 9. Then stay in Midland for the 8th Annual West Texas Oil and Gas Convention, March 23rd to 24th at the Midland County Horseshoe Pavilion. This year's convention will feature inside and outside exhibits, heavy equipment displays, and the taste of the oil patch cook-off. To find out more about both events, go to Roseland consulting.com that's roselandconsulting.com the texas alliance of energy producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry the texas alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation the north texas oil and gas association and the west central texas oil and gas association today with more than 2600 members the texas alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries through our efforts in washington dc and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We are here at Sarah Week, S&P Global. My guest is Andrew Bruce, who is the founder and CEO of Data Gumbo. So, Andrew, you know, prior to the break, we were talking a little bit about what is Data Gumbo, and it's an industrial smart contract company. And you were discussing how companies, industrial companies, should be using blockchain-powered smart contracts. So I want to get back on it. I want to drill down a little bit more. But is it strictly this specific industry? Is it just oil and gas driven? Or can it be used in like construction companies that are industrial? Um, other things outside of oil and gas that are still maybe operating within the oil and gas sector? Or is there other companies that are just completely outside of oil and gas, period? They can utilize this because what's happening is, according to you, companies are leaving a lot of money on the table. So give us an example and, and tell us the type of companies that can use data gumbo and why? I'll go one better than that. I, I maintain, whether it's data gumbo or not, whether you believe what I'm saying or not, the smart contract infrastructure is going to have the same impact on industrial transactions as the internet had on B2C con, um, transactions. You know, you know the, the transformation that uh, the internet had on, you know, Amazon came out of nowhere, eBay came out of nowhere. Right, it just exploded, the exploded. internet. Okay. The same thing is going to happen in, in the industrial space using smart contracts. Okay. Because you can automate all of these transactions. Let me give you an example of a smart contract in operation. I think it'll, it'll help, right? So if you go to a gas station, you swipe your credit card, you pump your gas, and you leave, right? That's a smart contract in operation. Because you've agreed to the price of the gas, you've agreed to the quantity of the gas, the quality of the gas, you've agreed to payment terms, and you've made a payment. And it all happened in 10 minutes. Right. So we're all using data gumbo in a way. <laughs> we're all using data We're all using smart contracts. Right. But in the industrial setting, if, if I'm you know, a large service company, I deliver to a large oil company, 
I'm going to send an invoice to the large oil company. I mean, it's going to take me 30 days to generate the invoice. It's going to take me 60 days to get paid, 120 days to get paid. And I've got an army of people on each side reconciling invoices because they don't trust each other. And there's absolutely no reason for that. It should be as simple as, did you deliver what you said you were going to deliver? Yes or no, you can measure that and, and get paid for it. So what we are doing is we're transforming the energy industry so that that same efficiency in the consumer space is available in the industrial space. Andrew, is, is blockchain safe? Like, yes, absolutely. Because you know the internet is not, and yep. there's a lot of cyber security yep. issues, and so blockchain, I've heard, is is, an, is the new way of limiting thief, uh, not thief, limiting theft, theft and other uh, things that make it just more secure. Yeah. Because you can actually find who the users are when they hand it off. Correct. Uh, well, first of all, in the chain, we wrote our own blockchain, so there's no cryptocurrency, there's no mining, it's all private. Okay. So that's the first level of defense. We've had our blockchain audited by MIT, so we've got uh, some very smart people looking at it and verifying that the technology is solid. All the data that we touch is encrypted from the time we touch it into the blocks. So not only do we encrypt it when we touch it, but it's also encrypted when it's inside the block. And then if you wanted to crack uh, one, of our, one of our blockchain networks, you would have to crack the security network of, let's say, you know, the big major oil and gas companies, all of them at the same time, and you'd have to be able to crack the hashing algorithm for the blockchain, and you'd have to be able to crack the hashing algorithm for the block, and you'd have to be able to crash, crack the encryption algorithm of the data, and that would give you one piece of data. So, big That's not worth it, yeah. It's not worth it. Right. And you, basically, you can't do it. So, it's uh, very difficult, very secure. So then, why do you think that more industry leaders are not using smart contracts. Like how much how much in oil and gas is using smart is using data gumbo to do this blockchain? We've got about 180 nodes in our network now. Okay. Um, to answer your question, I would say it's still new. I mean, people are still you know exploring it. But you know, organizations like Blockchain for Energy, for example, are kind of blazing a trail and uh, examining the the veracity of, of smart contracts and blockchain. Does it work? Does it not work? Um, and now we've got to the point where you can read in the press about Equinor, they're putting their whole um, drilling fleet on smart contracts. So it's, I mean, multi-billion dollar transactions going through blockchain. So it's, and you've got Maersk with IBM, you've got there's Maersk and IBM with Food Trust. There's lots of people who are using this in, in, in anger now, meaning in real, for real. And so I think it's just a matter of time before it really starts to take off. Yeah, I believe you're right because the energy industry is, is very conservative and cautious on the beginning, but once it starts taking off, another of their competitors are using it, boy, they all just jump on board. So let's take a quick break. When we return, I want to talk about Gumbo Store and what that is. You're listening to In the Wall Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us. 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. 
Welcome back to the Oil Patch Radio Show. We are here at Sierra Week S&P Global, and my guest is Andrew Bruce, founder and CEO of Data Gumbo. Andrew, we talked about what are smart contracts and how blockchain is coming in and revolutionizing the oil and gas industry. Um, that seems to be here at Sierra Week. There's so much going on uh, of new technology that's evolving, rather it's in the ESG space, carbon capture, uh, everybody seems to be making a commitment to uh, finding the solution for them that makes sense. Uh, some are pledging to be net zero by 2050. Um, and blockchain has been a part of the discussion all the way going back a couple of years back. And it's making its way through the oil and gas industry, which is great because it kind of tells the public that oil and gas is cutting edge. It is not your old, you know, historic old oil and gas dirty type of industry. It's actually extremely techy. It's advanced, smart, and has, and has some of the smartest people on the planet working in it. But I want you to tell me a little bit about your uh, gumbo store. It's a smart contract marketplace that you've launched here at Sarah Week. So I'm excited. What can we find uh, on your storefront of gumbo store? Well, yeah, gumbo store is, is a really exciting development. So, so if you think of the App Store for Apple or uh, Google Play for you know, the Android, you've got you've got apps that work on these platforms. So it's it's not just what Google or Apple or anybody else build and design. There's a whole ecosystem of people who can design products that will add value to your phone that you use. So we've built this platform for smart contracts that. Um, We've written you know, about 40 standard contracts that people can download and use today if they want to. Okay. But there's other people, there's you know, services companies, there's legal companies, there's oil and gas companies, there's, there's a whole slew of companies who want to write smart contracts. They don't want to mess with how you build a blockchain, they don't want to mess with all the infrastructure and how you get everybody to agree on one. They just want to write smart contracts uh, as quickly as possible to get value as quickly as possible. Because if you can if you can download a, a smart contract and start using it and get value in 90 days, like I said, you can realize 10% savings in your supply chain costs, then, you, then that's extremely valuable. You're reducing the risk, you're reducing the time to market, you're reducing all the complexity of trying to get everybody else on the same page. You're just saying, okay, I would like to be able to use a standard contract. Or if you're a publisher, you may, or like industry associations, there's a lot of industry associations saying, we've got standardized contracts. We would like to be able to monetize those and put them in an app store or a gumbo store so that they can then start making money out of them. So the publishers make money out of them um, and they can start driving whole new revenue streams for themselves. So it's a very exciting um, development that I think is going to completely transform uh, the space of how you do B2B commerce. So these are template contracts yes. for companies to go in and use. So who can use them? Like, um, I mean, you listed a couple of them. So give us the features, how you use them, and then also how do you, how do, how would somebody third party monetize on them? So if I was, if I was a consulting company, if I was going to step out of my current role and put myself in a consulting company, I would tag myself on the data gumbo and say, you know what, that's a really interesting technology. They've got 180 companies who are connected to this network. I would like to be able to have them as customers. So what can I write as a, as a consulting company? Maybe I want to do inventory control or something. 
Um, or maybe I want to take one of the open source contracts that David, Data Gumbo offers for, let's say, commodity haulage and say, okay, there's a commodity haulage that Data Gumbo's got. Why don't we create a, an improvement on that and offer that to all the, all the people in the network? So the network gets value because there's more publishers and the publishers get more value because there's more people on the network. So it's a, a symbiotic relationship between the network participants and the publishers. Do you ever have customers that need a lot of mentoring and training? I mean, how many of them have, you're fairly new, this is new, so what? tell me what an average customer is when they hit, when they meet you, Andrew, Data Gumbo, tell me what it is, how do I utilize you, how do I monetize? I mean, I know time is money, definitely in the energy industry, if it's a major driller that's down, or a service company that's down, but outside of those two areas, how would a midstream company utilize Data Gumbo? That's a really good question. One of the key, one of the keys is, our smart contracts are written in Java. So you don't have to be some fancy blockchain programmer. You can just be a Java programmer. So we're written in actually JavaScript. So anybody, we, you know, we can train people, we can bring you into our, into our office, or in one of our offices, and say, okay, this is, these are the APIs that you need to program against. Here's the variables you can change. Go to town. And so I don't care whether you're a midstream company, a grain company, a mining company, a gold company, I really don't care what you are, as long as you can program Java and you can ch change the variables in a program, anybody can get started today. Wow, so it's going to go across platforms, it's not just oil and gas, but yeah. obviously if you're at Sarah Week um, and you're announcing your store, I would think that a large part of what you're trying to do is focusing on oil and gas, and we do see you out a lot, so I know, so, so is this where you've choos chosen to launch is basically we're going to focus on oil and gas and trying to pick up those because Lord knows we're probably the en the energy industry probably is the one that needs it the most. <laughs> but is this your main focus? In oil and gas area? is our bread and butter, right? I mean, we know it up, upside one side and down the other. That's where we came from, so it's the natural place to build our beachhead, if you like. Um, but we're going to be expanding outside oil and gas over the next twelve months, okay. um, so that we can be more diversified. Quite frankly, to help reduce our risk. Yeah, because uh, if the goes up, down, and what, what goes up goes down, and uh, right. we need to be able to make sure we've got a diversification of risk in, the, in our portfolio of customers. Very good. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Join Roseland Oil and Gas Marketing and Consulting for a couple of great events coming up. On March 21st is the West Texas Clay Shootout at the Midland Shooters Association. Registration starts at 7.30 a.m. with the shooting to begin at 9. Then stay in Midland for the 8th Annual West Texas Oil and Gas Convention, March 23rd to 24th at the Midland County Horseshoe Pavilion. This year's convention will feature inside and outside exhibits, heavy equipment displays, and the taste of the oil patch cook-off. To find out more about both events, go to roselandconsulting.com that's roselandconsulting.com shale oil and gas business magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing our digital advertising services include website email radio video and social media shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management visit our website shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. SR Trident is a veteran-owned and operated industrial construction company. Established in 2012 by co-founder Stephen Snyder and Ryan Berthold, SR Trident has positioned itself 
as an expert in the industrial construction sector. With mounting business expansions, they've assembled a team of skilled, experienced, and able individuals who are dedicated to meeting client needs as they evolve. SR Trident's safety record is impeccable as they've won a number of awards, including the ABC National Safety Excellence Award in 2020. With exceptional leadership and experience driving their gains, SR Trident can tackle any project and are ready to let their talent be the driving force in the energy industry. Call today, 361-776-2662 or visit online at srtrident.com to request a bid proposal today. Welcome back to In the Wall Patch Radio Show. We are here at Sarah Week, SMP Global. My guest today is Andrew Bruce, who is the founder and CEO of Data Gumbo. This is going to be the last segment, and I want to try to get a better understanding of what you guys are doing in the way of oil and gas. There's so much transition going on that I'm not really sure if I quite understand how an energy company, midstream company, uh, would utilize Data Gumbo. And also, the whole blockchain is a fairly new buzzword that I'm not sure everyone in the energy industry is comfortable saying uh, we're using blockchain. So let's go with, tell us, can you give us any customers, how they're utilizing you guys, the financial savings to them, or what did the company, what did your company really do to, to, to streamline it? And then um, on the blockchain side, when do you see that we will finally be comfortable with blockchain? Are most of the major operators and service companies using blockchain currently? Who are the customers who are using and taking advantage of blockchain? That's a lot of questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, the first big, I mean, obviously there's customers I can't talk about because uh, NDA. Confidentiality. Yep, right. Um, Diamond Offshore was the, the first big one that everybody talks about, you know, blockchain drilling. I think they were kind of uh, pioneers and deserve a lot of credit for what the work they did. Um, Equinor is a large investor. Saudi Aramco is a large investor. They're um, all using blockchain. Yes. Okay. So, um, and then if you think of their supply chain, then you can probably put two and two together and figure out who the other participants are. And then there's some other EMP companies. There's also Blockchain for Energy, uh, which is a consortium of 10 of the world's largest oil and gas companies. And they've been kind of walking in lockstep with us for the last five, six years. So OOC is a was the consortium. Um, we had a contract with them. We uh, worked with the water haulage with them, and that kind of led into you know commodity haulage in general. So to answer your question about what are people using it for, uh, basically there's four big buckets. One is commodity haulage. So going back to the example I used with the you know, pumping gas. So did was gas delivered? Yes or no? Or diesel or grain or anything else? Yes or no? Can you measure it electronically? Can you capture the terms of the contract? If you can, then you can automate the transaction. You can take all of the inefficiency out of it. Take all those 40 steps and remove them. You can take all of the um, rounding up errors. You can take all of the administrative expenses and just remove it all. 
So it becomes make a delivery, get a payment. Um, tremendous efficiencies on it. So that's, that's commodity haulage. Another one is provenance. So provenance is when you get into ESG, so carbon sequestration, ESG measurement, but it can also be uh, 3D printing of parts. You know, did I delete, deliver, did I receive and deliver the, the part that I thought I was getting? It could be pipe, it could be anything. It could be drilling equipment. Um, so how do I know that I received what I, what I paid for? And how can I prove that I received what I paid for? And how can I prove that my ESG report is correct? And how can I prove that this, the carbon that has been sequestered has only been sequestered once and, only, and is, hasn't been sold twice? So there's a whole provenance aspect which is tremendously useful. Um, this so is true. It's, been a, it's good to hear that because that definitely is a solution in my opinion, of looking at how the supply chains are working and how they have been working in the past versus how they're working now. That's correct. And if you follow the supply chain, say, you know, people are talking about scope one, two, and three emissions. Well, if you're automating the transactions for a supply chain, it's the same data that you need for ESG reporting, 98% overlap. So if I can automate a commercial contract, I can also automate an ESG contract and I can provide full transparency and audit auditability on my ESG scores and everything else. So it's a, I guess you can call it lucky, um, fluke that the data that you need is the same. So you can basically say, okay, by automating this transaction, I can do all, I can automate the transaction from my drilling company, my service company, my shipping company, my helicopter company, the land base, all the way down the supply chain, and that gives you full visibility into what your ESG score is. Okay, so that was two. You still got two more, you owe me. Three okay. and four. Okay, oh, you're keeping track. <laughs> uh, so number two, uh, three, sorry, services. So, you know, I've, we've talked a little bit about um, offshore drilling contracts. So services, it could be an offshore drilling contract, or it could be um, it could be mining turnarounds. It could be basically anything where you've got delivery um, of parts and services and being able to automate that. That's a, a massive area of uh, opportunity for companies to be able to be able. You know, to I can see this going outside of oil and gas, and it's like grocery store blockchain. Yeah, uh, auto parts, these large auto parts that are transferring parts here and there go yep. in through the blockchain. I yep. mean, anything that has got a lot of deliveries in the system that you have an opportunity for theft or breakage or loss. Which is getting into my fourth category. So the fourth category is basically EPC contracts, right? So I've got a major, if I've got a major um, prime contractor they sub the workout, and 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 so there's a lot four, of subs. <laughs> Fourteen layers of subs, right? And each one of those has got that 40, 40 step process of reconciling the invoices. And as the further you get down the supply chain, the weaker the balance sheet becomes. So the higher in, the higher their interest rate is. There's been some estimates by some of our customers that if they could, if they could automate and collapse that payment cycle. They could save forty percent of the cost of the transactions of a major EPC contract. So it's massive money. It's not. It's not. It's not just 
toy money. It's real money. It's and real, so, yeah. So, what think, is real efficiency really worth? Think how much money you save. Right, right. I mean, you got job satisfaction and everything else that goes with it as well. But I mean, it's it's just incredible to me how much money there is just sloshing around the system that's been there all the time. But be, it, the real challenge is how do you get companies to say, okay, we're going to take this transformational leap? Because like, it is a transformation, it's fundamental change. How do we take advantage of the technology from a supplier side, but also from a customer side? Very, very interesting. Well, Andrew, thank you for coming to In the Wall Patch Studio here at Sarah Week SP Global, talking to us about what you guys are doing and how you're really helping the oil and gas industry automate as well as just be more efficient and of course efficiency always leads into that it's just a more healthier environmental area for them to be in and you're also now teaching them how to save an enormous amount of money so thank you for coming and joining us today we look forward to having you back when hopefully we can talk a little bit more about the store when we have some people in the store center you just launched here at Sarah Weekend. We wish you well with that. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.